Hello, everyone. Today you have Jake and Seth, and we're going to be discussing the 2022 American horror film Barbarian, written and directed by Zach Kreger and starring Bill Skarsgård, Georgina Campbell, and Justin Long. This film was a little smash hit coming out in September. It made $45 million on a budget of $4.5 million, so pretty much a perfect 10x multiplier. And rave reviews. Um, I'm sorry, let me just double check. I believe on Rotten Tomatoes, the reviews are 92%. I'm sorry, yeah, it was 92% with... Uh, what's interesting, and sorry for the pause there, only C plus from Cinema Score. We might, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But this film was a huge hit, not only um, in terms of the that box office and critically, uh, but fans really liked it as well. Um, even though that Cinema Score wasn't that great, a movie doesn't make that type of money without it being popular or well liked. And um, although I'm interested to get your opinion, Seth. And then the one few one last note: Zach Kreger, the director, and we'll talk about him more. You might recognize him. He was he's a comedian. He was from The Whitest Kids You Know. And he also was in that, he was in, um, he's been in a few comedy shows, but namely like the, T, I think it's TBS Wrecked, which is like a spoof of Lost. Um, he's the director. He doesn't start. I was, the reason I'm calling him out, I was blown away by the direction in this. I'm really excited to talk about it with you. Uh, I saw this film. One thing I will, the last thing I'll say before I throw it to you, Seth, I saw this film alone in a theater in the middle of the day. Like I got to go during like one of Ben's naps. We had some help one day. So like I was like, I got permission. Terrifying. I was the only person there. And there was a point where I think I'm convinced someone popped their head in and screamed like in like a, like they're at a random part of the film just to mess with me. Cause they knew I was the only person in there. Cause there was a random scream that happened in the film. Well, we might get into it. I can't remember exactly which part it happened, but. I was terrified. I really, and I mentioned this um, for our listeners who, for people who did listen, I did a quick mini sode on Barbarian. Really excited to talk about it with Seth now. My, my opinions changed on it a bit. Okay, I've been talking for nearly three minutes. That's plenty. Seth, throwing it to you. Your thoughts? Yeah, talk to me. So, yeah, I mean, I saw this um, on a night where, like, my, my kids and my wife went to bed kind of early, and I kind of had the, you know, had the TV to myself. It was very dark out, and I had heard buzz about this movie, and I saw it was on, it was streaming on HBO Max, and I was just kind of like right in the perfect mood, so I threw it on, thinking I would watch half of it. I was like, oh, I'll watch half of this, go to bed, maybe I'll watch the other half another night. Instantly got hooked on the movie, and like, uh, like I would say 20 minutes in, I knew I was going to finish the movie that night. Um and it was, it was one of those moments I had watching it where I was like, this was kind of why I love being into movies, um, where it's just like, sometimes you come across a movie that totally takes you by surprise. Sometimes you hear buzz about movies and it's overhyped. Sometimes, you know, it, it's not there. But I was really happy that, like, I had heard just enough about this to get me interested in it, but I didn't know anything about the plot or where it was going or anything like that. And I just felt like every turn of the movie hit me the right way and I just I had a really great viewing of this one um and I yeah I mean again it just reminded me why I still like you know trying out new movies and, and looking into new directors 
like you, I was really pleasantly surprised with the direction and the writing of the movie. Um, I thought that some of the music selections were super interesting as well. There's a few smash cuts and just kind of like jarring movements through the movie that I thought were just awesome. And it, it was one of those things where it really sets you up to make you think it's a typical sort of um, thriller slash like semi-home invasion type of thing happening. But then it just turns into something else. And I was really happy with like with with most of the plot turns. I would say the last uh, ten minutes of the movie I thought were slightly weaker than the rest of it, but the well, well, for the majority of it, I was just like like just super happy watching it. Yeah, save some of it for the combo, Seth. Beginning, middle, end. There. Um, what I was going to say was I just that um, happy getting into the ending. Um, yeah, I was just let's just focus on the writing and directing for a minute because that to me. And I, the last thing I'll say is I also got to go into this not knowing much. I just knew the basic premise. And let's start with the premise because that's also the perfect lead-in to the writing and directing. It's that Georgina Campbell is playing this young woman. She's going for a job interview in Detroit. She arrives late, and then she finds Bill Skarsgård there, um, already there. And it's just like all the alarm bells going off. He's claiming he's booked it, but it's hers. Turns out without giving too much there's like there's a lot of suspension there turns out it it's it seems to be an innocent mistake that was my takeaway that like he was who he said he was that like he's almost like this like knight in shining armor like he works for like a co-op or like a what the movie does so well in that first act is that you're just so prepared for Skarsgård to be like some sort of a psychopath like you're, i mean you've, anyone who's watched a number of horror movies and also just the way like just casting him i thought was a really good casting choice i heard one person that calls him kind of he's got that like crazy sexy thing to him uh and so like i think for girls that like there is an attraction to that kind of guy but also if you look at him he just seems like there's some crazy deep down inside of him and so it really plays toward the setup of the movie um and I was reading too about this, uh, the, the way this movie was written. The first 40 minutes were, were written kind of separately from the rest of the movie. And so he actually was kind of trying to write a movie about, you know, kind of like a crazy guy that like, you know, has a has this weird, you know, kind of lures in a girl to this Airbnb situation. But I really do. I like, I like the turn where it's like, actually... He was a good guy. Like you said, he's kind of a knight in shining armor. Everything about him was legitimate. And like, you know, every step of the way, she's trying to check him too. And like she mentions the documentary she's in town to try to help make. And he mentions that he's actually seen this documentary. He starts, you know, paraphrasing stuff from the documentary he's seen. And it turns out to be totally legitimate, completely nice. But but it's interesting. It's almost too good to be true. But then they give, they, they, it's the perfect amount of time because like they build up to the, that you want him to be fake and that he's evil and then it's like too good to be true and then by the time you realize it it's too late but but, but before we get but before i even go there i there's i, I just want to talk more about the writing and direction because one of the things you just hit on really stood out to me um i i knew he started or the germination of the idea was he read a book i can't remember what it's basically it was some book about psychology about how like you're and everyone has intuition or like warning signs. And his was like about like, it all started with him trying to write like, what if all these warning signs are going off for this girl? Like that was like reading that book, like almost like if she were to read this book, like what were be all the warning signs in the first act? 
But that was terrible. Let me just, we'll probably scrap that. What I was going to say was the first act definitely felt separate. Like it really was separate. And one of the things that I really liked was it's a disjointed telling of the story. Like it takes place in really the middle. And then you get a flashback to, I, I, you start in the middle, then you go like towards the end. And then in the during that like last act, you have a pretty extended flashback, like 50 years in the future, 50 years in the past, that gives you the beginning of the story and fills in like a couple huge things. And that to me, that's a really difficult it's really difficult to tell that type of story out of order i can't remember the last time i saw it for a horror movie either and i just thought it was so well done it's almost a tarantino-esque structure of the movie yes like you're you're kind of going from like vignettes almost but like it doesn't really tie together until the end of it um so yeah i thought the structure of the movie was really interesting too because again when you're starting you're just it just feels like this very linear typical horror movie um and even though i'm saying it's typical it was still riveting to me like i didn't know it was going to go in a bunch of different directions but i was still kind of like this is being done well enough that i'm interested to see like how i just kept waiting for bill Skarsgård to kind of like tear her apart or like you know tie her up or something and so and especially like when it gets to the part where she gets locked in the basement um and I, I, this whole like, there's kind of this concept where it's like she goes to the basement, she finds the hidden door, there's a corridor, and, and then she finds what I would call like a murder room or a rape room or something where it's basically just a bed, some blood on the wall, and a, a VHS camera. That's and it just it just alleged, most, yeah. alleged Seth. I this is a country. By the way, anyone, uh, if you could see my face, I'm joking. Um, it's it's terrifying. Like I thought that was actually. The part of some of the most so I almost left the theater. I, I was so like not like there were points like that. I thought was the most high stress like that yeah. sequence, like from her to like him coming back to like everything was just like the tension is just at an 11. And then, then they cut to Justin Long. Like it was perfect. I do. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, finish it. Finish going. Yeah, finish going. So thank you. Okay, that, I'm I'm sorry I jumped because that was literally my, one of my biggest gripes of the film. So and the way they, I, I know we normally don't do this, but I'm glad you set it up because that setup's perfect. She was lo- locked down there, finds this murder assault room, is re- freed by this guy who she doesn't know, who's already suspicious of, who she found in this house. He insists he go down. Insists he go down. And like insists and almost to a point where it's weird. Like, I'm sorry. Like this isn't like 1990. Like she's not like a a crazy woman or like, I mean, it's maybe 1950. Like she's not like a dizzy dame. Like 
there's a woman who you know, like who he's now knows, like, and knowing that he's normal, like she is freaking out and said she stumbled across like a snuff room downstairs. Like my first reaction, granted, I'm not Superman white knight. He is, is okay. Let's get the fuck out of here. Like, let's just bail. Like, you know what? You know who you can do? There's this, there's a little group called the police and they're paid to investigate this stuff. Not you, Airbnb guy. Like it, like, so for me, two things. I, I almost, it actually drove me nuts because I thought she was so smart and everything from there, like when he goes back down and she's like, are you there? Like she does like, and it's like, there's this murmur and she's like, and and she keeps going further, and it's like almost perfectly like that. It's like you're and, being learned. I have to admit, like the part where she goes back to the snuff room, doesn't see him, and then finds the corridor yeah. down into the cave. That's a moment where you're just like, my lord, do not go down to that. It's just like you see that opening, and I think that's on the poster of the movie actually, where yes. he actually discovers the corridor that go, like, goes down into and like. And that's where, as a viewer, too, you're kind of like, holy shit, like, this is, like, we're right at the tip of the right, like, you see the snuff room and you think, okay, we're, we kind of have a clue as to where this might be headed, but when you see that stairway down into the just darkness, you're like, oh, now we're really going down into the rabbit hole here. Well, so you realize, like, that wasn't the secret. There's another, there's a yes. bigger secret, which is also, I think, something, like, there's a genius there. Like, there's a really something really powerful with the storytelling and just that, like, there's a further it's descent. Like So what I was going to, so uh, what we're leading up to is like, she keeps going further and it's to the point where for anyone who's seen a horror movie, you're like literally pulling your hair out. You're like, come on, like this, you're, you're doing, you're doing the thing that like everyone makes fun of. However, it's somewhat redeeming because then Skarsgård pops out of nowhere and you're like, oh my God, this is when he, he turns and no, a giant, like a Neanderthal woman. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, that's like just a giant woman appears and smashes his head against the rock in an incredibly graphic fashion, and then it cuts to Justin Long driving along the beach, and it's like this. Yeah, driving down the Pacific Coast Highway, singing Donovan, one of the best smash cuts I've ever seen. To go from the depths of that darkness and just a horrifying murder out to the Pacific Coast with the Donovan music playing and Justin Long driving his car, it just it was a it was and then uh, the true genius of it is then it quickly dovetails it's like oh this is so it's that it's like wow like you just went yeah from the dungeon to the beach but then he gets a call and you realize that he's an actor who's been caught up in like the me too movement which is like at first somewhat ambiguous and you do get it's pretty much clear clarified later on that he did assault this woman or take advantage of her, yeah. uh, but he, he was. He's a massive asshole, um, and I will say that, again, some of the genius of the movie. I think this is where it kind of gets into a little bit of subtext. And at first, I didn't totally realize why it was called Barbarian until I thought more about it afterwards. But I really like. I'll get into that more later, I guess. But I, I really do like they set up the Georgina uh, uh, character to be very heroic, and as a viewer, you're just rooting for her. To, to get out to survive to get through it they set up the justin long character almost completely the opposite he's devoid of morals he's a horrible person the more you get to know him 
the more you dislike him, the more you're almost kind of rooting for him to get murdered throughout the movie. Um, and even, I will say, like, one of the most comedic parts of the movie, he basically gets me too and realizes that he's the owner of this property in Detroit and goes out to Detroit to sell the money for, like, legal fees. And once he's out there, <laughs> he discovers somebody's that have been, been living there, their, their luggage there. He goes down to the basement, he it, finds the room, he it's... finds the door, and, like, his reaction is to get out of tape measure. I was gonna say the, some of the best comedy is that scene. Like he, he yes. like if like him and his broker, and then he finds the rape room, and he is so oblivious. He is ecstatic. He's like an extra bedroom, and that's and then he brings out the tape measure and he keeps trying. He, he he's so excited for the extra space because he could sell it for more money. Um, but then. It, but it's and like as you said, like that's there's subtext there, but there's also like there's like the humor and like what a guy and a girl would notice, or like what like two different guys would. But then there's also a lot of horror there too, and I'm not, I don't want to jump to the end, but like I, we'll save the end for later because. But like the, he's really he is more monstrous, like just from like as we just said with like the Me Too thing and like the salt like. Now, yeah. Like basically, he, he goes down into the the, the, the doom, whatever whatever that cavernous place is down there. He also is caught by the, the middle aged woman. Turns out she has this, this horrible mother complex and is like keeps him captive. Uh, Georgina uh, turns out to still be alive down there. Um, but then after that moment is is the is the second smash cut where you go into the past, back into the eighties, and you you kind of start to understand about the original owner um but i was gonna say like what what i really really realized after the movie um is that there's these three female characters that are that are the predominant characters in the movie where it's like the the guy from the 80s that basically is, is the true psychopath and set up all this stuff yeah there's the justin long character and then there's the bill skarsgård character and i think a major point of the movie is the Justin Long character and how he treats women, how he reacts to that situation, it isn't that far. Oh, you know, it's blurred lines, but it's not that far away from the true psychopath that kind of like set up this whole thing. It's and closer to him idea. than Skarsgård. Yes, exactly. And like the whole idea of being barbaric, you know, I think it applies to these guys. They got caught up in the Me Too movement, whether, you know, Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, all of these guys that did horrible things, even though they had immense power and money, they're barbarians. Um, and I think, you know, that Justin Long character I thought was so interesting after I thought about the movie and what it was really trying to say about, you know, the female perspective of that situation, the male perspective of that situation, and the guy that actually set up everything. And, like, there's that crazy moment, too, where Justin Long discovers him down there in the cave in his own little room he's got the videos all over the wall um that was another harrowing scene like just really yeah. well acted and directed i thought yeah and that's you don't know if he's gonna kill justin long you don't it's like you're not it's unclear as to why he's still alive but he, he ends up committing suicide um he, but yeah i mean even that, that flashback to the 80s, I thought was interesting as well, just to see 
because they don't really show anything explicit. If you notice throughout, the, there isn't the head smashing scene is probably the most violent scene in the movie. Yeah, there's a moment where you hear a little bit of a videotape. When you go through the flashback, all you really see him do is unlock a window to a woman's house after he kind of pretends to be a plumber, I guess. But the insinuations that the movie is making throughout are just like terrifying. It is the implications are terrifying. Like it's it, it does a really good job of like that. The, the, when he the sequence of him going in and opening that like was just so scary. Like everything about him. Like he had, he he had like a, like a lizard coolness. Like knowing like what you see him watch her. He puts on the thing. He goes in. He's so polite. He's so nice. He flips up the thing. And then you see what he's really planning on doing. Then you see like the supplies he's getting. And it's just absolutely terrifying. Like, and, and to your point, growing up, I feel like they used to describe barbarians. Like when you're learning about in history, it was generally like the Greeks or the, or the Romans describing people who I thought had fewer resources than them. Basically they were barbaric for the things they couldn't do. In this description, which I, which I like more, it's like a modern description. The true barbarians are the people who have all the power and all the resources and choose to act like, and again, that's not to say that people with money, it's okay for them to treat women poorly or like that, that, that I'm not, but I'm, what I guess what I'm saying, it's the true barbarians, whether it's men and you don't need to be a rich man too either, but it's like that, the people who have power, whether it's a, a Harvey Weinstein or the crazy Frank from the eighties, who's not a millionaire, but can still hurt women. They're all barbarians. Like they're using what resources they have and what power they have to hurt women. Like it, it's, and that is barbaric. Exactly. Yeah. And like, tap, like, I, yeah, I think just tapping into that barbaric gene, even though we are you know, modern society now, it is like it's still there and it still shows up in these people um and i do think that there is like a deeper layer to the movie about that kind of stuff i, I did like there was also this deep read on the internet that the address it was like 476 barbary i believe is the address of the airbnb and there were all these people that were like that's the, the same year that the barbarians invaded the romans and it's real but it, like they asked the the writer director about that and he was like pure coincidence like i didn't intend that but sure <laughs> As I said, that is a funny coincidence. That is, that is, because that, that, whenever I hear barbarian, I just think of Romans. I think but, of that too, but yeah, I mean, if I was him, I probably wouldn't even said, I, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have commented on it. I would just let it live on on its own. But again, I think what, what the movie is really saying is, uh, you know, about masculinity and when it does teeter into barbarism. Um, and like, it's very clear that, you know, the guy from the 80s who kind of set up this entire ordeal is like total sociopath was never coming back from that. But there, I think there's also that whole gray line that we go through, you know, where it's like, is somebody doing something inappropriate or is this something that would have been accepted in the past and now it's not accepted now? It's kind of like, you know, there are no, you know. Those blurred lines only exist because those people have enough money to kind of fight and, and like blur the lines themselves. Yes, yeah, so they're blurring the lines. I like that. I really like that take. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's it's, it's, it's just like very 
gripping subject matter. It's like very, it, and he does such a great job of, of like, uh, to your point, like propping up these different types of men. I, the world building is incredible. Like the, the, and I just can't get over. It's like a small story and script, but it feel like it's dense. Like it, there's just a lot to unpack. Just like show me how did this guy make this whole cave under his house? Like I, I mean, I, I just wasn't quite sure how that was all constructed. But, you know, I would have thought you would have needed a couple contractors or something to pull that off. Yeah, the the cave system could have used a little explanation. That 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 to be honest, the, the weakest parts of the film really deal with the cave. It's like the whole sequence of her getting in there and then that. Like there's some like, why is the cave there? Like it, it, it could have been a much more modest like tunnel, like construction tunnel between like a, in a development. But like they made it like a full on yeah. like dungeon gothic cave. Yeah, it, it, or like it, it needed to have some sort of like you know maybe there was some mining that happened back in the day, you know, connected into a a, a mining hole. Like it just it was too large of a thing. To just kind of be like, I mean, he seemed like a handy guy, but it just—it was too large of an area for me to imagine one person creating that underneath their house. Yeah, <laughs> it was—it was a bit much. Like, you know, yeah. By the way, there was one thing I there was one thing you mentioned. I just want to quickly circle back to because I I absolutely loved her. Georgina Campbell was amazing as Tess. Like I thought she was so likable. She perfectly nailed, like, she was, she's beautiful, she's likable, she's vulnerable, she's capable, like, and, like, there's some humor with her, too. I was just blown away, and it's a very physical performance. I, I was yeah. blown away. I can't wait to see what she does next. I actually don't really see much lined up for her, which is blowing my mind, but I, I feel like that's going to change. She was so good. She, in the beginning of the movie, it feels like she's going to be damsel in distress or even a scream queen type of thing but as it goes on you realize she really is the heroine and she like you said i mean it's a physical role she's in that cave she's fighting the the mom character basically i guess that's what you call her and yeah by the end of the movie i mean too it's like there's that moment where she's been in the cave she escapes the cave she tries to tell the police what happened they don't believe her. They kind of think she's a vagrant because she just looks, she looks like a vagrant at that point. And I do think there's like a small racial subtext happening in that scene as well. Oh, definitely. And, like, commentary in Detroit police. Um, and that was actually kind of believable. That, I mean, I also know that Jordan Peele was like, a, uh, like helping out the, the director on this movie too. And like, you could almost feel the Jordan Peele influence in a couple of the moments too, where it's just kind of like, there's more being said about society then uh then you kind of realize it while, while watching it um but yeah georgina campbell i thought she was great she, by the end of the movie she's an action star almost i mean she, when she's walking off at the end and she's the lone survivor of the situation uh you know nothing but nothing but happiness as the viewer i know she's the only character outside of bill skarsgård i guess yeah but you only realize that after the fact but you as the viewer, you're really rooting hard for Georgina Campbell to get through the entire situation. 
Yeah, a couple of close calls there. Um, while we're on the ending, what did you think of the actual ending? So at, at the ending, it's she and Justin are kind of helping each other. And then at the last moment, they're on like top of a water tower. The mother or the middle-aged woman <laughs> calls her or the hag, whatever she is, chases them up. And, and, and again, what is like, it is scary, but also kind of darkly comic. He pushes her off and like... <laughs> And what ends up happening is the woman, the hag, ends up th like throwing her body, herself, off after Tess. Saves her. Like, basically cushions the fall. But then Justin Long, like, goes to check on them. And I got the feeling he was going to try and kill Georgina. Like, did you get yeah. that vibe? But then, but then the, the, the hag woke up, killed him. And then the hag was about to take Georgina back, and then she killed the hag. And now back to the show. That's a movie. That's just like a movie TV myth. That wasn't like, I'm pretty sure the X-Files, there was like a bunch of inbred, which also this reminded me of a lot of, but in that show, it was like a bunch of inbreds, but it was like inbred boys who were assaulting their inbred mother. It was very, very sad, but that's just this weird myth that like, if you're inbred. Yes. Yes. I think we saw that at Sarah Zellweger's house. Sarah Zellweger's house. Were you there? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that offline. Great, great party. We'll watch that movie. I agree. So a few a few things. First, I, at first, I really liked the like 
the twist with the homeless guy. Cause the first time you see him, it looks like he's chasing after Tess and it's like, but you realize he's, but you realize he's like, he's trying to warn her and that's why he's so frantic and that's why he's freaking out. But like it comes off differently. And I think whether it's Jordan Peele or not, but like as a white guy realizing that he was trying to help her, I thought it was really smart and going off my own preconceived, like I, that was smart. That made me, and I felt like that was a, was a really intelligent way to use that character and then you use it for exposition which i thought was pretty much already implied like all that like i got that like again maybe not everyone didn't like and i guess that helps i'm sure there's a producer who's like you need to fully explain it but like it was really smart until you have that guy again what kind of helps is he he spouts exposition and then is immediately torn into pieces and kind of and again like a, a comically a darkly comic scene. Um, but yeah, that... Yes. Turn to be 20 years in one day. That was the end of the lease. Um, but in terms of the part with the water tower, I would like that's another thing I think I would have done differently. Um, the whole thing with Justin Long pushing her off and then the hag sacrificing herself to, to save Georgina Campbell, I just think I would have had that set up differently. Maybe have them get cornered and maybe Justin Long has got a gun or something like that. I don't know, but like just the whole idea of him, it just didn't work. And like it, it almost just seemed too hokey when she jumps off after Georgina Campbell and somehow gets her body. I mean, it, the whole thing, it just was like, it just took me, you're so far removed from what was working well for the first two thirds of the movie, with me, like in the, in the Airbnb and in the cave. I probably would have tried to have the third act end in the house. That Like I, I really almost wanted it to be a single setting movie. And so changing that, having the finale end up at this water tower that we spent no time at, I just didn't think worked the way they wanted it to, I guess. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I wasn't as upset, but I think it would have made more sense to take place in the house. Um, and the one thing is, I, I thought it was well executed. It was a little, I don't know if slapstick is the right word, but like, yeah, yeah. That, that, that last sequence from basically them getting out of the house to that arm ripping to the end it, it has a, it has a different tone uh, but the, the the thing that bothered me i liked that the mother sacrificed herself to save georgina only she didn't sacrifice herself because she survived and that forced georgina to kill her and i don't know if there's some subtext there that like women need to like kill their victimhood and take on the men. But like, I'm not saying that's what the message is. I don't even know if that's a good message, but like, I, I can't, right. I couldn't read what that subtext was. And to I me, I and I was just going to say, to me, it would have made more sense if she had had to kill Justin Long herself. Like it just, to, to me, that would have made sense to me. Person 
being this person, like having that mother complex, keeping people captive and calling them babies, feeding them this giant bottle. I wasn't sure what that was really saying about mothers and women. I mean, uh, uh, other than like the comedic I- idea of like any mom kind of turns into a psycho and like, sure, I can see that, but it did seem like they were trying to say something deeper about motherhood with that side of the movie. I'm just not as clear as to like what that was that they were trying. Maybe I haven't thought about it or maybe it's because I'm a male person. Well, but I, I just wasn't as clear as to like what was being said with that whole aspect of it. I didn't know either, but as we've been talking, I kind of have an idea. Is that supposed to be the like distorted view that these men have like some like weird, like funhouse mirror. Like this is how they view clearly there's like, they're attracted to women. So like that might not make total sense, but like, or maybe this is a bit, maybe this is a reflection of like, if the men, she looks on the outside, how they are on the inside, like Justin Long and the dad, like, it's like almost like a, a reflection of, it's like, or the way they view women or, or their, their relationship to women is so warped. Like that's, and like that, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. It's somehow like symbolic of their failures as people and men. And just like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I mean she is the product of the sociopath character that kind of like did all that inbreeding and all the torturing and God knows what else that, that, that guy did. I mean, she's the direct product of all of that. And so uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good read on it. Um, and yeah, the you know, I think the imagery of that character I thought was really good. When you first see her, when she grabs Bill Sarsgaard, I mean, that's a shocking moment. But, you know, almost similar to when you, you see the woman in the bathtub in The Shining, where you're just kind of like, oh no, and she turns into that old hag, and it's just like, it's the, the imagery of it I thought worked really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some some better reads out there than like what what I could come up with off the top of my head. I just wasn't, it would, the movie wasn't as clear to me on that aspect. Um, Which is so weird because it's so smart and well yeah. written. It's like that it's, yeah, there are a few pieces. He did really well. And I, I, I commented it before in the writing and directing, but to your point, there's like a, just a, it's like a few screws away from being like perfectly tight and it's really close. But it's so close. Like the only reason we're even commenting on it is because yeah. how close it is. And yeah, I mean, when I was first watching it, I, I, I thought it really did have me. And then those last ten minutes, it kind of—I was kind of like, oh, they didn't quite—they didn't quite. It wasn't a slam dunk ending, I guess. But I mean, they had the movie, and it—it's it, fine. I didn't feel—I like, didn't feel like the ending wrecked the movie or anything like that. But I was just like you. It's like a couple tweaks and a couple more screws in there. I thought it would have been just a real masterpiece honestly and that's it yeah yeah that's that's my only frustration it, it and yeah. i'd seen this movie before and when i first walked out i really loved it because i'd seen it alone in the theater i was terrified then i cooled on it a bit and then by the time we reviewed it i, I liked it a bit more and i'm kind of waffling um but after like taking the time to think about it it did most of the things right the most frustrating things part, uh, parts about it are just that those things are keeping it from being like a perfect film, which is like, it's one of, and this is such a weird, it is one of the closest things to a perfect film I've seen in a while. And it's going to be weird because my grade might not reflect that entirely, but like, that's because the few things that kind of messes up are kind of big story things for me. I mean, it's still for like a low budget horror movie. I I 
just thought it so overperformed what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know, I just thought that was going to be a straightforward horror movie about a weird guy in an Airbnb that like captures a girl, and it just turned out to be so much more than that, and so surprising for me. And yeah, I mean, I would describe it as like a playing team in the NBA that made it to the finals, but like lost in five games, but like really good, yeah. like. Or, or maybe, like, lost in six games. But, like, really, like, really good. Like, a successful, like, a successful year. Like, and, I mean, that's that's unfair. that's such a stupid analogy because there's more than one winner in the box office. But, like, that's, it's punching above its weight. And I, I couldn't agree more. But that means that. Yeah, and, like, and, like, even the casting, again, like, Skarsgård's cast so perfect, like, you know, perfectly for what that role is trying to set the viewer up for. And then I thought Georgina Campbell's cast really well. And Justin Long, too, kind of like playing against type a little bit, using his comedic abilities in a different way, kind of, but also coming across as a total asshole. And I just thought that was a good turn for him, too. You know, Justin Long's one of these guys, he kind of had a moment, and then he kind of disappeared a bit. And it's like, I think he ended up in a spot. I'm not sure people knew how to use him. And I thought in this movie... It was really smart, though, the way they used him and cast him. He's found a lane as, like, an indie horror guy, almost. Like, he, he's in, like, he, he, I feel like he pops up every once in a while. But you're right. He had a moment, and he's kind of faded. I don't want to say faded, but he's, like, settled into a different role. But did you know that he, he actually it was supposed to initially be Zac Efron in his role? Is that right? Yeah, I feel like that would that would have given it a much different feel. I think so, too. I also – there's. Zach Efron does great comedy, but I, I hearing that it's funny. Like it would just be such a different movie. Like having him in Scars, I just feels like a different movie. I really yeah, like the I, Justin I, Long I casting. Cast, like I could see Efron in the Skarsgård role. I think before the Justin Long role. That was that was my thinking too. But I liked it. It's this is a fun movie to talk about. It was also a fun movie to like say. Like it was just like it, it's yeah. an experience, Exper- experiential. I guess. Yeah, I will say too, like out to me about this movie and what it was it's one of those things where it's just like have you seen it and if you've seen it then you can like have a long combo about it but it's like everyone who hadn't seen it it's kind of like we'll just watch it and then we'll, we'll talk about it because you don't want to really ruin it for anybody but people that i hadn't talked to movies about in a while a couple of them reached out to me about this movie and so i do think the people that are seeing it everyone seems to be affected by it it's funny yeah it's um i i heard something like the radio show new york radio sports radio shows talk about it like they they were watching it like and it's not like it broke through that much like smile made more money than than this film but they never talked about smile but they certainly talked about this film like it's interesting this movie anyone who sees it it grabs a hold of you and like it sticks with you like it's to what we said I mean, horror is having a nice little moment right now between Peel and this guy, Kreger, like this, and I mean, Smile, like there's a, horror's king again. Yeah, no, it was good. I mean, yeah, I watched it right around, I think HBO uh, Max put it out right around Halloween, so I thought it was a great little like October movie to watch on streaming for Oh, I forgot to say, it's been crushing it for HBO Max. It's been like the second, it was like, it came out in the last week of, or second, yeah, it came out in like end of October. It was like their second, it was, 
I think HBO Max's most streamed program and like the second most streamed thing across the U.S. across all streamers. Like it's it's been crushing it. It's funny. Yeah, I mean, my wife's not a fan of horror, so she never would have sat. I mean, she would never sit through a movie where a guy gets his skull crushed against a wall for a moment, like in a moment. So for me, it was definitely like a real treat to kind of like just have late at night, all the lights out, watch this on my own, and then like you know walking past my basement door, I was like, man, should I go down and check my basement if there's like a secret layer I don't know about? You know, like I was having those thoughts after this. It's like a midnight, that midnight movie feel. It's Then that's what it has. It's like that fun yeah. midnight movie adventure. Should, <laughs> you ready to go into final scores, my man? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, oh, you want me to go first or you go? You go, you go. Okay. Um, really like the directing, really like the acting and the casting. Um, I think the pacing of the movie and the structure of the movie also really surprising. It, it has this mix of like if Tarantino and Sam Raimi and Wes Craven kind of like created a movie together. This is kind of what would have come out. And like, it's a good combo of things, honestly. Like I thought all the influences were really good. I thought the subtext of the movie was interesting. So it's definitely firing at multiple levels. I think it just misses the ending by a little bit, I you know, again, like you can harp on that ending for a long time. It's hard to make everything come together at the end like that, but I do think there was an ending in there somewhere that could have been a little more powerful. So that's really what's going to hold my score back a little bit, but I, I think it's still going to be pretty high. I'm going to give it, I'm going to come in at like an 8.3. Ooh, that is high. I like that. Um, I, I'm, I like that a lot. I'm coming close behind you. I'm coming, I'm, I'm giving it a little bump from where I gave it my initial score. I'm giving it an eight out of ten. This it could go up even further. I think the film really excels. Its strongest is a social commentary. Assuming, not that I think our reads were correct, but assuming there's like deeper analysis. But like all the commentary that we were picking up on, I think it's really excellent. And those like that's what the best horrors do. It's like expressing a societal anxiety or fear and that's what it does really well and then it does all these other it doesn't fully nail the ending but i think it does pretty much every other hard thing for a horror film to do and it does it really well like it the world building like creating an atmosphere bringing you in immediately with that first opening scene and the rain and you're in detroit the unveiling slash origin of the monster um, which is really two monsters in this case. It's the mother, and it's really, it's actually three. And it's the two men, which we discussed, her father right. and the Justin Long character. And that's incredible. And then even though the finale, as we said, that had some issues, what I did really think was effective was they basically have a victim savior villain dynamic yeah. between the three of them that shifts all in the last few minutes in that last scene. And while that wasn't maybe executed really well, the end result I thought was really effective. And like it from like the, it, it, it was clumsy in how they did it, but I still liked that it happened. Like that they were able to switch all those roles of the characters. Like they, it was another twist um, in yeah. the film. And you're totally right. Like the surface level of the movie, just the, like making a good horror movie and all of the, that ambiance and everything like it pulls that off and so that's hard enough to do on its own but then that's what makes the setup so much better because the surface level is operating correctly 
And I always, that's always my problem with movies that try to be deeper than they are when they're fucking up their actual surface level part of the movie. It's like you have to pull off that first layer to go down a couple layers. And so that's the, like a real trick for that movie. Um, and yeah, like it's not hitting you over the head with the subtext either. Like that's just stuff that you can pull out of it either after the movie or And it just is operating as a good horror movie. All of that's there. All the stuff about the female aspect of, of finding that place and the different male characters, like it's all buried in the movie, which is really cool. And we I feel like we talked about so many movies where they'll there's this they're going for this deep hidden message. Prometheus is a great example. And then they mess up on yes, the basic yes. on the basic thing of yeah, yeah, you're don't worry about what impact your mythology is going to have on human religion. Worry about making a scary horror film. Like, I don't know how are we going to fit this into human history. Like, make a make a scary horror film. I'm sorry. I'll get on my Prometheus bandwagon. We do need to do that film soon. But th- like, uh, that would be a perfect example of a movie that doesn't figure out its service level but tries to go 20 layers deep. You know, if you watch The Shining, it works. The surface layer works. And that's why you can have 20 layers underneath that. And uh, it's like, it just, you can't get out below until your move works on that like, original level. Exactly. Well, you heard, you heard it here first from us. It's an 8.3 and an 8 out of 10 for this film. Definitely watch it. High scores. Yeah, high scores. Go watch. Seth, you want to say goodbye to your friends? <laughs>